Well, hello out there, everybody. This is Winnie the Pooh and Tigger, too. And uh, also some guy named Jim Cummings. You're not going to believe this, but you are listening to the Canned Air Podcast. Good job. Keep it up. Welcome to another episode of Candare, a tribute to comics and pop culture. I am Jeremy Colley. I'm Jack Doherty. I'm Jake Runyon. And joining us today to talk about her comics, Ham of God, Scratchy Cat and Pokey, and Wall, and her website, RebeccasComics.com. Rebecca Mayer, thanks for being with us, Rebecca. Uh, yeah, thanks for having me. We're going to have a good time today. Uh, as suggested by our guests, we're going to be talking about Nickelodeon uh, shows through the 90s, and I'm excited about that. There's a lot of that. good ones on yeah, that. Uh, There's a lot of that I forgot about from yeah. the time period. I know. When I, when she first said it, I was like, oh, man, I don't know. I typed it in. I was like, oh, yeah, we can definitely get <laughs> yeah. to this. <laughs> uh, then we're going to dive into the comic dump bin. What are we talking about today, guys? I've got Variants by Annie Erskine. Cool. Jack, what do you got? I have Blade Under Mask. Blade Under Mask. Yeah, webcomic, I found. Really? It's dramatic sound. Yeah. Cool, cool. Just a few titles we'll be talking about. And then we're going to turn our full attention over to Rebecca and talk about some of her comics. And again, her website, rebeccascomics.com. So, let's kick it off with this week's Retro Round Table. And away we go! <laughs> Shut up. All right, so Nickelodeon shows from Shut the up. 90s. Rebecca, how about you start us off? What's, what was one of your favorites? Well, um, I was thinking about topics to talk about that made me nostalgic, and the three things that came to my mind were... Two of them were toys, and one of them was Are You Afraid of the Dark? Nice. So, yeah, so I... Uh, I tweeted about it because I was trying to come up with topics and I was like, 90s kids, like, what are some shows? And I just thought it might be a good topic to talk about because I spent a lot of time in front of a TV as a kid because I was one of eight kids. So my parents just kind of threw us in front of a TV and were like, "Uh, just shut up and watch TV. So (laughs) I, uh, yeah, so... Are You Afraid of the Dark is what really stood out to me, though, as the one that I, I liked a lot, because I'm a horror fan, if you can't tell by my comic, and <laughs> if you follow me on Twitter a lot, I'm very active in horror, the Kansas City Horror Club and stuff like that, so Are You Afraid of the Dark is what really got me thinking, and then, like, that just spurred more and more conversation about 90s uh, TV shows and how just big Nickelodeon was and yeah so yeah that was a uh, that was a good show and if I remember correctly it was kind of like the kids answer to Twilight Zone with more horror aspect to it I was going to say it was like a Goosebumps type thing yeah I I never watched it like reoccurring characters in it I Mm. don't think every every week was a new tale I tell you what it was on Saturday um, nights too it was like a pool monster thing some submerged rotting looking thing that was like way scarier than anything on a children's show had any right to be. <laughs> I swear it had something to do with a pool. It was like that I don't creature. remember. Oh my god, someone google that at home right now. I'm going to have to look it up fans. because like aside from the name and just remembering that I watched it a lot, I don't remember a lot about it. I do remember though my sister taking pleasure in 
whenever she saw me watching it, telling my parents that she was scared <laughs> by what was on the TV, <laughs> then I had to change it. Well, I can give you a little bit of a... So it starts off where it, they're called, I think, the Midnight Society. So it's like these kids who meet in the woods and they tell each other scary stories. So then it... So pretty much it starts That's with them right. in the woods. They throw potassium nitrate. I know this because I want to reenact it at some point. So, like, they are <laughs> sitting around a fire, and then right whenever they start telling a story, they throw potassium nitrate into the fire, and it does, like, a big thing, and then it goes to the flashback of the story that they're That's telling. right. I forgot about the kids around the fire. Yes. Yeah. Sort of like that framework that keeps all the stories together. And then, yeah, the, they throw something in the fire. Oh, that's awesome. I barely watched it when I was younger. I'm all about horror now, but when I was young, I could not handle anything remotely scary. Mm, same here. I was I was out. I was done. I, ghost stories during a sleepover? Nah, couldn't do it. Oh, yeah. Nothing. And and the strain, like the mildest, strangest things creeped you out when you were a child, oh, yeah. too. Like, I don't know if you guys remember when we were younger. Remember uh, Three Men and a Baby when that came out? Yeah. Ted Dance and Tom Selleck and uh, miscellaneous number three guy? <laughs> Steve Gutenberg. There we go. Thank you. <laughs> The, you remember the uh, the ghost in the movie? The ghost, the boy behind the curtain? Yeah, yeah, it was that a cardboard for years, cutout. Everybody said, oh, it wasn't a cardboard cutout. It was an actual person. But if you watch in the background while Ted Danson and his mom are walking from one room to another, if you look in the background, you see a boy dressed in old-timey clothes, like standing behind like a curtain, just kind of watching. Huh. And not written in it. You don't know about this? No. Yeah, I never saw it. I always kept watching every time that part would come on. I've never seen it. You've never seen it. Mm. We'll watch it on YouTube. But as a kid, I mean, that scared the shit out of me <laughs> because, you know, that's when it was first coming to light and everyone was putting the tape in, the VHS in, rewinding sure. it over and over. Oh, look, there he is. Scared the shit out of me. Huh. Man, that's bizarre. I'll have to show that, that it to you. kind of freaks me out a little, the thought of that. Like something so weird in a movie so innocuous. I think it ended up just being uh, some... Kid that was just wandering around on set, obviously, <laughs> and maybe from another show. That's why he was in those old timey looking clothing. Well, you're I don't supposed know. to be in the next studio over, little kid. <laughs> little Bobby. This isn't Dr. Quinn. Get out of here. Good <laughs> <laughs> Lord. All right, other uh, Nickelodeon shows Angry Beavers. Yeah. That was my number one. I never watched that one. You never watched it? Uh -uh. Oh, man. Do yourself a favor, because I swear, my friends say it don't. It still holds up. It's still funny as hell. Okay. Watch Angry Beavers next chance you get. If only for, like, I don't even remember the writing being, like, spectacular or the situation. like Cow and Chicken, pretty much. Yeah, yeah. Oh, Cow and Chicken. Yeah. Yeah, it's the voices of the main characters mm -hmm. that sell it for me. Is it like the voice talent is so good it carries the whole right. show, and they're the best. I had a hard time catching it. I'd only seen a few episodes because it was on Weird Times. Gotcha. Yeah, I used to watch it religiously. <laughs> <laughs> One of my favorite things that Nickelodeon used to have were the uh, the, the kids' game shows. And like oh, half, yeah. half of them were all oh, hosted I... by Mark Summers. Yeah. <laughs> Remember him? <laughs> now he's on the Food Network. I know. I saw that. Yeah. <laughs> but you had like Legends of the Hidden Temple, which I think they're remaking they, it to like an actual yeah, like show yeah, now. Something yeah, something like that. They are. Uh, Global Guts. Oh, yeah. That Just Guts in general. Time Live. Oh, yeah. Time Live was yeah. the one that I liked a lot. And I actually have a good story about that because I live in Kansas City and I grew up in Kansas City and Branson is not too far from Kansas City. And Slime Time Live was going to be in Branson. Oh, wow. And we went there 
And my mom was like, yeah, we're gonna get to be on Slam Time Live. And me and my brother, who's only a year older than me, we were, we were super excited about it. And then we showed up and it turned out that like you had to like register for it like weeks before. So like I got a really cool Slime Time Live t-shirt, but that's about it. But yeah, it's pretty disappointing. Missed well, it yeah. by that much. <laughs> <laughs> Wasn't there an episode of the Goldbergs where Double Dare came to town? And I might have been on one of the earlier seasons before I started yeah, Adam, watching it. Adam and uh, I don't remember who else were trying to get on the show. But uh, yeah, those were great shows. Double Dare, then there was like Super Double Dare or something like that. And Extreme Family Double Dare. Double Dare. Yeah. I wanted to be on that show so bad. So bad. The family one? No. No, oh, just double just, Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yelling at the kids triple in the big pie dare. trying to find the flag. They're oh, not looking yeah. at it good enough. They'd just be like patting it in the same <laughs> spot. Get in there. Yeah, That's remember. the one like Gladiators. Is that right? Is that the one like Gladiators? I don't remember. No, that was Guts, wasn't it? Guts. I think they, they yeah. had the, like, gladiatorial thing on Guts. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, they had right. The great big uh, pancakes that they you had to, yeah. like, <laughs> throw all the syrup to find the flag. The big stuff. nose you had to reach up into oh, the nose. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Forgot about that. The no. height of Western culture. Yeah. Right. <laughs> I was uh, reminded of a show because we've talked about these game shows before when we talked uh, game shows in the retro roundtable. But one I had totally forgotten about until yesterday when I was kind of cruising around looking for topics was Nick Arcade. Do you guys remember that one? I remember the title. I don't don't remember the show at all. It was freaking cool. And I remembered it once I saw it on YouTube. But it was uh, essentially you're in front of a green screen. But to the viewers at home, you're I know which one you're talking about. You're in like a Super Nintendo game. You have like. Your points, your life, and everything across mm-hmm. the top of the screen. Oh man, I completely. And you have to like that. run around the screen, you know, dodging enemies and hitting buttons and yeah. shit. And, yeah, I wanted that one too. Yeah, <laughs> I wanted to be on Hidden Temple more than anything. Legends of yeah. the Hidden oh, Temple. That been yeah, I see. Even when I was that age, a part of me really wanted to be on a show like that, but I was aware enough that I was not physically fit enough to handle that game. Like, I wouldn't want to be on the show just to lose, sadly. I thought I had a chance. I mean, like Jack's saying, you sit there and you just yell at the kids, uh, you know. <laughs> you see what they're doing wrong, so you know what to yeah. do. Like, are you a yeah. freaking idiot? Like, it's right there. It's right there. Oh, he ran right you into just it. just grabbed it. Well, as many times as we sat there and yelled at him and corrected him, surely if we were on the show, we'd master that shit. Mm-hmm. Like, we'd have it. Or it'd be the first recorded deaths at <laughs> the Hidden Temple. He got his head stuck in the big nose. I don't know. Chewed to death by the face. <laughs> Jack, what about you? Clarissa explains it all. I have that oh, on my yes. list. That was a guilty pleasure, though. I had the biggest crush on her when I was watching Really? That show. Yeah. Oh, yeah. man. When I was a kid, I hated her. Not that I like her now, but as soon as I saw that come on, man, I was dying for the remote. <laughs> yeah, I didn't care about the show just to sit there and stare at her. Wow. Melissa Joan Hart. <laughs> yeah. Now I see her. I'm just like, ah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, how the tables. <laughs> um, there were two shows I remember being on that I would just have to sit and suffer through to watch all the shit I was, you know, interested in. I don't know if you guys remember the Babysitters Club show. I think it was. A I remember series the of books, books first. growing up. And then it was a show that was, was a just show. agonizing, even by shitty teen girl drama standards. And then there was <laughs> Hey Dude. Oh yeah, oh, yeah. 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 What's, what was their demographic? Like preteens that lived on a ranch where there are 12 people out there who were stoked to watch Hey Dude every day. <laughs> I, I, I was, it was, wasn't that another one of the like the Saturday night lineup shows? Yeah, along kind of something like that, yeah. Nick at Night sort of thing. 
Yeah, that's where uh, Keenan Thompson started. Oh yeah, Keenan and Kel was good. I can't remember. Uh, was it all that? I think. All that. Yeah, yeah that's the one with those two. Well, they just had their own like Keenan and Kel show. After right? all they that, did, yeah. yeah. After all that, mm-hmm. yeah. it always. Um, I always think about every time I watch SNL and see Keenan Thompson. Is it is that his name? Yeah. yeah. On there, I always think of the other guy. I'm like that <laughs> poor son of a bitch. I like. Know. What's Kel doing? Mis- Mystery Men was the last thing that he did on. Was yeah. anything big? Well, he was actually on uh, Jimmy Fallon not too long ago. Was he? Because Jimmy, yeah, he did a skit. I saw it on YouTube where he started uh, talking about the first job he ever had, and he like kind of scratched his chin, and they did like a remembering sequence, <laughs> and it was him working at Good Burger. Oh, God, <laughs> with uh, with Kel, and then uh, Keenan played someone else and came in. Yeah, did you guys see Good those... Burger? No, you oh, know yeah. the the movie surprisingly funny even now. Really? Yeah. I recently I, I think I watched it in the past it. year. I'm pretty sure I have. <laughs> yeah, so. it's totally worth it, right? Like some yeah, of the writing's it is. pretty it is. decent. All well, things it's a fun considered. one to drink too. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> you know what? In retrospect, it helps because I was pretty trashed. Yeah. If our listeners yeah. take anything from this episode, it's that you could possibly have a good time drinking and watching Good Burger. Now, I, like I can't that. officially endorse the use of alcohol to enhance your fun, but I I'm can't not tell you endorse the watching of Good Burger. Yeah. <laughs> good, perfect. Not officially affiliated with Candair, but... Okay. Send all complaints to me. There you I'm go. fine with that. Hey, there's no such thing as bad publicity, right? <laughs> right. Some of my all-time favorites, though, and probably everyone else's favorites, would be Rugrats. Oh, um, yeah. Doug. Doug was... Doug it took me a while to get into Doug. Like, it really? snuck up on me. It was one of those shows I just kind of waded through. I'm like, oh, yeah, Doug's on. And I'd be playing with Legos or whatever I did back then. And then after a while, I was like, oh, yeah, I like it. I like Doug. <laughs> he's a superhero. Yeah, he's Quail Man. Yeah. His infatuation with Patty Mayonnaise, <laughs> I never quite understood. She had a very olive oil thing. Yeah, she did. About who, was, her. who was the kid in the leather jacket? Roger. Roger, who kind of sounded like uh, the lead singer of Megadeth. Oh, Dave Mustaine. Yeah, yeah, he's got that very, yeah, Roger, you know. I think he and Doug were also done by uh, Billy West, weren't they? Voiced by Billy West. Uh, Doug, Doug was, yeah. Wow. I know, I know was, Roger yeah. was, yeah. What hasn't he done? Yeah. <laughs> Much of anything. Quite the monopoly. Yeah, yeah, apparently so. But I think, I just want to say that I think Patty Mayonnaise is like the best name ever. (laughs) Like, I always loved that name whenever I would watch the show. That was like my favorite part. I didn't really care for her character too much. Like, I thought she was all right, but I really liked her name, so. She She always had like very small eyes, though, didn't she? She said like, really, that freaked me out. She always had too good an attitude about everything. (laughs) Nothing ever got her down. That's like a serial killer. (laughs) I'd have to sit down with Pat and be like, you've got to feel hatred or (laughs) anger or something. Come on. Why isn't Doug pissing you off yet? We'll sit here and poke you until you get pissed. (laughs) You know, there was an episode, and this will show you what a goddamn weird kid I was. But there was an episode where Doug goes to her house, and someone opens the door, and it's like her dad or something, and he's in a wheelchair. Which is, you know, whatever, fine. But when I was a kid, something about that made me uncomfortable. I was just like, oh, he can't walk, can he? It's like I felt <laughs> like I shouldn't be staring at him, even though he is a cartoon. Like, oh, I had no. so many years of my parents telling me, it's like, oh, don't stare at them. Oh, don't look at that. And then this guy shows up, and I'm just, like, super. I'm like, when's he going to go Staring away? at the carpet while he's <laughs> yeah. on the screen. I would say Mr. Mayonnaise's house. <laughs> Other shows. 
Rocco's Modern Life. Oh, yeah. oh that's another one. I never got to watch enough. The show they yeah. made, I think, didn't they say specifically to see how much they could slip past the censors? I think so, yeah, they did. Is that right? Weird, yeah. weird jokes, yeah. Yeah, that show is pretty fucked. Like, I yeah. watched it, re- like, one night recently, really late. I looked it up, and yeah, I was. Wa- I can't believe that my parents let me watch that show. It's not necessarily like it's terribly bad or anything, but it just how it, it's really bizarre. Like, it's a bizarre show, for sure. Yeah. Are we talking like Ren and Stimpy kind of? No, it's like less overt than Ren and Stimpy. It's a lot of stuff that will go over a kid's head and like things in the background. But like looking back on it, you're like, oh, what? Like Rocco's job, he works at a, a phone sex line. What? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and if you look like on the wall in his cubicle, it says, remember, like, be courteous, be seductive, be something, something. It's weird. He totally does, though. <laughs> and then, like, I swear to God, there was one bit where you can see, like, his neighbors with the big heads, right? Those yeah, frog yeah. mutant people. <laughs> like, they're going at it. You can see their shadows or something. And then I think, wasn't it? There was, like, some bit where Mrs. Big Head was, like, trying to initiate an affair with Rocco. Like, oh, Rocco, can you mow my lawn today? Or whatever the hell. It's just it's oh, weird, dude. You need to go back. There's it was a good show. There's like an aggregated, like weird shit in Rocco's Modern Life website where I can show you everything that's super not cool about it. <laughs> I am so intrigued right yeah. now. Yeah, those they're the same people who created uh, SpongeBob later. So Oh, I didn't realize oh, that. Oh, there you go. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Huh. SpongeBob. That's a funny little show right there. I can't watch that show. Really? It's, yeah, it was probably <laughs> Red and Stippy, I couldn't watch it either cuz it was Something about it, I was just like, ugh, so turned off on I it. I never liked Ren and Stimpy. I don't know if it, it like, they'd show your face, gross. but then they'd zoom in, like, on his eyeball, and there was, like, every <laughs> little detail. Yeah, detail. Oh, yeah. God. You can so see all the veins and yeah. crust. And, uh, well, Kablam. That was in the 90s, right? I don't know It was that almost, one. yeah, it was, like, an animated, like, it had different recurring skits and stuff. Hmm. It, like, took remember. place inside a comic book. They had, like, a stop-motion thing with action figures and a couple of different cartoons they would play. No one remembers Kablam? I remember the name, but that's about it. This is like some weird Candle Cove situation. (laughs) You haven't heard of the two men and a baby ghost? Come on. I guess that's fair, yeah. (laughs) Kablam. It's real. It's a real thing. I'm not crazy. Everybody Google Kablam. Remember the uh, What Would You Do? That was a game show. Mm. It was like a... It was kind of a variety show, but... It was more uh, based on, like, kids' health. Like, I I saw the name of the the title name, and I was like, what was that? So I had to pull it up on YouTube, and it was like, oh, this is how to show how to help get your parents to stop smoking and how to eat right being a kid with snacks at home. That sounds terrible. Uh, Yeah, yeah, seriously, it did, but I remember watching it. it I swear that was some kind of a a game show or something. Because Mark Summers was the host of that one, too. No, it was just a bunch of kids that were the hosts. Oh, no, we're going to have to pull (laughs) some YouTube up here because I'm pretty sure I'm right on that one. It was some little preteen kid band wailing on guitars and stuff, playing the music, the intro music. We're going to look that up. All right. (laughs) Do you remember, uh, was it Salute Your Shorts? Oh, yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Now, that was kind of like a camp. Wanna. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I'm really glad all of you were able to chime in there because I completely forget what it's about. I just remember the name. Now you guys can take it from here. I, I've already said all I remember. Perfect. Yeah. Yes. yes, I remember. really made an impression. <laughs> I remember the theme song. That's yeah, about it. Yeah, that's it. Like, that's the most memorable bit. <laughs> I don't even remember that. How's How it go? You? I don't. Uh, I vaguely you, you, remember. 
Do you want me to sing it? Please. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so it's like, Camp Wadawana, we hold you in our hearts. And when we think about you, it uh, makes me want to fart. Like, I remember that part. But I don't remember the I don't remember the actual verse of the song. I just remember that the little kid with shaggy hair chimes in and he says makes me want to fart and Very high the counselor program. gets really mad at him and like pulls him by the ear or something. <laughs> Wasn't there like an actual pair of shorts up a flagpole at the end of the opening sequence or something like that? That or it's like a collective cultural delusion that we all remember the shorts on. <laughs> there never was, but it there. never it's like the that Mandela Nelson Mandela effect kind of stuff. Yeah. <laughs> Berenstein Bear, Berenstein. <laughs> the Amanda show is one that I watched. Was oh, like, yeah. It's like that really off-putting, like, paper cutout style animation. Or am I no, thinking of something else? No, it was Amanda Bynes' show after okay. she, after their, uh, she, she, her spinoff of their Saturday Night Live-ish show, whatever that was called, I forgot already. And it was, like, just a variety show of hers, but... It's, uh, yeah, it's very interesting. That's another one that I've watched again recently. And there's just random dancing lobsters that pop out at times. <laughs> Why? I don't she trust does, like, all these really outrageous characters. And it's like, it doesn't surprise me that she's like crazy at this point. Like, looking back at it, I'm oh, like, yeah. Oh, yeah, she kind of went off the deep end, didn't she? Yeah, yeah. She did pretty hard. Yeah. <laughs> Amanda Bynes? Yeah. Why? What's yeah, she doing? She went nuts. Oh, everything. Like, a couple years ago, yeah. What'd yeah. she do? How is she nuts? What's she... Just... She was not so much getting in trouble like uh, the other one. Britney Spears? No. Uh, she was in Herbie. Lindsay Lohan? Lindsay. Yeah, Lindsay yeah, yeah, Lohan. Yeah. But she got into more weird psychological... She had to go to like a, a crazy nut house type thing. Really? Yeah. yeah. She would just like tweet at everybody and tell them that they were ugly, and like she would <laughs> say, I don't know, like say, say like outrageous things <laughs> about her parents and stuff, and oh. like I don't know, she went crazy. When my okay, parents Jake. emigrated here from Mars in the year three thousand, scratch what I said <laughs> earlier. Don't call the listeners ugly. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I thought it was a really clever We're marketing end, end tactic. And air up in the nut See, house. Because then they'd feel the need to prove themselves to us by uh, listening to the show. Yeah. yeah. Reverse psychology. That's right. But wow. can't now, right? They lock you up for that. Apparently. Take a lesson from Amanda Bynes. Yeah, right. <laughs> I, will not, that. I will not take lessons <laughs> from Amanda Bynes. And with that, we're going to end the retro roundtable and take a dive into the comic dump bin. All right, I think I will go first this week instead of just oh, asking look at who's you, going to go first. Yeah. Order. Look at that hierarchy. <laughs> You're pulling rank, finally. <laughs> All right, my comic this week comes from Uncanny Adventures, Science versus Mad Science from Ooh. 8th Wonder Press. We had uh, Jesse Dubin on some time ago to talk about this book, and uh, we talked about a few of the many stories that are in this book, but uh, we just kind of scratched the surface. So I dug this book out, and I wanted to... Uh, pick one of them to talk about really quick called the hound of mons mm, and I, I remember that one we touched on it yeah. but i don't think i mean i guess that's all i'm really doing too i'm not going into any super great detail but it starts with a bunch of uh, german soldiers on the field they're going into battle sold yeah i knew you would uh, like <laughs> yeah, this immediately <laughs> but uh as they are taking fire one of the guys gets hit and he doesn't kill him but he's kind of close to death so Another one of the German soldiers comes up and says, get this guy, you know, out of here quick, quick. And all the other soldiers think that he's uh, going to be, you know, aided to. 
when in fact he's being taken back to this scientist who's going to take his brain out and put it into a wolf. A big, gnarly wolf, okay? And this is about the hundredth soldier they've tried this with. All the other wolves they put the the brain of a soldier in have died. The experiment failed. This one, though, the success. And uh, the guy, the guy, the general or whoever it is on the German side who's funded this, who wanted this dog, rather than letting the scientist, you know, study it and examine it, learn what he did right this time on how to make more, he just gets excited, takes it and lets it loose. Now, the benefit of a wolf having a German soldier's brain in it is that he will only attack the enemy uh, soldiers. So, with this thing on the loose, no one really knows where it's at. It's out there killing the enemy soldiers to the point where it's kind of become like for, floor, 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 I can't say it. I'm not sure. Floor, I know floor, the word folklore. 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 Thank it. you. <laughs> Ooh, well, I feel it like I had a stroke there. Chlorofluorocarbons. <laughs> <laughs> but they don't, it's like Bigfoot or Loch Ness. They don't know sure. if it's real or not. But the word is out so much that they're they're apprehensive and they've said that even soldiers have run straight into gunfire because they think they've seen this or they're Breaking so afraid. Down morale. Right, exactly. And so they kinda wonder then was that the actual weapon here just to put this kind of myth sure. out there to mess with the enemy's mind. But uh they the the Germans again, general or whoever put this into play, he puts a stop to it because he goes, you haven't been delivering me any more wolves. We're putting a halt to this uh, experiment, this, what would you call it, this... Uh, uh, program? Program, there you go. And so it kind of ends with, well, no one knows if, uh, you know, the wolf ever really existed or not, but uh, it's said that, you know, the scientists left all the instructions in a book hidden somewhere and then some Canadian scientists found it and then it's been lost ever since. But the last panel, it shows a wolf mothering cubs so it's definitely <laughs> real and there's going to be more of them nice so i like did, that didn't you say that was based off of actual chlorophyll i think <laughs> i think he did yeah actually i think he did how you say that awesome but yeah just one of the entries in uncanny adventures science versus mad science head over head over to eighth wonder press and check it out all right who would like to go next i will go next go next yeah I uh, had the pleasure of meeting and talking to someone at OhioCon in Columbus um, this past weekend named Annie Erskine, who is a uh, freelance illustrator for Cartoon Network, who is working on a webcomic called Variants. She got a little fed up with uh, the comics. She's interested in not having an abundance of the characters she was interested in reading about, said, fuck it, I'm going to make my own, did exactly that. Um, There's a little bit out that's free and readable right now. The rest she works out and releases on Patreon and a few other outlets. And uh, it follows a government agent, codenamed Stripes. She's got kind of a tiger pattern motif thing. Super strength, agility, endurance. Kind of a sort of your general superhuman skill set. Who's working not necessarily as a mercenary, but I think kind of like a freelance operator for the government. Uh, pulled out of retirement to face some villain, a threat that hasn't necessarily emerged yet. And uh, what I've read so far is her clobbering a house full of mercenaries with a concrete pillar. Demonstration is fairly physically competent. And um, what would appear to be her handler, who uh, provides her with missions and targets and things like that, informs her that her mentor has been assassinated. Um, So she comes scrambling back to base when it cuts to that same person uh, thanking someone for the successful assassination of that mentor. 
and telling them that the next phase of the operation is moving together nicely, you know. So there's already some internecine conflict mm, at work here. Yeah. And as I understand, the first comic is going to lead into the second, which introduces other members of the team, uh, someone called Technologic, who has sort of an affinity for machines, I believe, even like a uh, like a psychokinetic ability to manipulate them. Uh, really interesting stuff. It's just starting to get off the ground. Um, the style is super clean, super crisp, really solid with a nice, bright color palette, really striking. That's what caught my eye when I was walking through the convention. So I'd encourage everybody to have a look. That's uh, Annie Erskine's her name, E-R-S-K-I-N-E. She's on Patreon, on ioniccomics.com. I believe she has a Tumblr, DeviantArt, the full array of, you know, different social networking sites to promote art. So, yeah. And you got an interview with her. I did, you? absolutely, which I hope we'll have uh, we'll have up soon, if possible. I, well, we'll put it on this episode. We'll Fantastic. just uh, put it right at the end. Sounds so, great. Uh, yeah, stick around after, stick around after the episode and hear that interview. She's awesome. a great interview, and I'm looking forward to seeing more stuff from her very soon, because she's definitely keeping at it. Yeah. Awesome. Hmm. Good job, Jake. Jake, hey, appreciate scoop it. run you now. Scoop there. run you on the scene. <laughs> Getting interviews. Asking cool. the hard-hitting questions. <laughs> like, <laughs> what kind of comics do you like? <laughs> oh, man. Finding out what we want to know. <laughs> exactly. All right. Uh, Rebecca, would you like to go next? Uh, sure. Um, for mine, I chose... This guy was actually next to me at Kansas City Comic Con, and he is local, but... Uh, I know he travels around a lot. He does a lot of different cons in a lot of different places, but it's a comic called Mayflower. I don't know if you've ever heard of it. Sounds familiar, actually. It's ringing but a it, bell. Yeah. Um, well, what caught my eye is that his art is just ridiculously good. Like, whenever... And it, everything about the comic, the way that it's put together, the way that... It looks like a comic... It looks like something from Image is what it... It honestly oh, wow. looks like it, it's amazing, yeah. And like he even puts together like playlists that like you should listen to like while you're reading it. And he just like I don't know. So I thought I would choose this one because just the effort and the detail that he puts into it is amazing. His um, so I'll, I'll describe his style a little bit and then I'll get into the story. But his style like is kind of a little bit. It reminds me of Fiona Staples, but a little bit more realistic. So not quite the, because she does the realistic, but her, you know, actual characters aren't quite, um, yeah. But so the story, so yeah, the art just, it blows me, like, I'm looking at it right now, and uh, it blows me away, just like how amazing it is. Like, I asked him whenever I very first saw it, I was like, did you send this? Have you sent this places? Like, this should be published. Like, just looking at it. But turns out the story is also very good, which is important. So it's called Mayflower. He's had three over the past. It's by Levi Hoffermeyer. I don't know if I said that. Hoffmeyer. I don't know if I said that yet. But um, so it's a story about this thing called the city. It was built up from the ground of the earth. And it's a bunch of towers and in the sky, all these things interconnect. And so pretty much there's no reason to live on earth anymore. And the... It's all about this, uh, I would say, corporation called the Commonwealth who pretty much control everything. And as long as you're on their side, they, you know, you have everything taken care of and it's not uh, it's just like this society like that. And so it starts with this guy who is crash landing and he's the main character um, crash landing on 
Earth, and he is trying to get back his information. And I, I will be honest, I haven't read it in a while, so I'm trying to recall everything as I'm flipping through it. So he's trying to get his information back because he used to be a scientist, and he runs into this um, female who, this lady, who's a badass, and she is on the inside, but she's trying to pretty much start a rebellion against uh, the, the city, I believe, the Commonwealth, I believe is what it was called. Anyway, I just thought I would mention this one because I feel like not enough people know about it and more people should. And it's beautifully done. And yeah, I think you can find it. I think he even has it on... Um, comicsology and stuff you can get it online yeah but or i think just if you google mayflower comic i'm sure you'll be able to find it pretty easily i think i'm going to do that because i definitely think we've heard that Mm -hmm. about that Mm -hmm. on the show before it sounds so familiar spread the word listeners the music with the comic is a an awesome idea from everyone we've heard it from too yeah, yeah. Always a big plus yeah. uh, with me. Anything that's going to pull me into the story even more, that's I, awesome. I haven't seen that not work yet. Oh, yeah. You know, we've had a few different people talk about that concept, and we've always been like, yeah, this is cool. You know, it doesn't <laughs> I'm take sure long there are some out there that don't work. No, we so. haven't found them. So. <laughs> <laughs> no, we haven't found them yet, but uh, you never know what tomorrow brings, do we, <laughs> It's always a chance. <laughs> well, very cool. Uh, Jack, what about you? I have a webcomic called Blade Under Mask. And it's created by White Mantis and Marco Tonio. Okay. Yeah. I'm it's, sure uh, those are their birth names. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it's super anime uh, influenced. You see it? Okay. Oh, nice. yeah, for sure. It's, it's really a, sharp, though. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The, all the, the panels are awesome sitting there staring at them because the art's so good. It's about a, well, a bunch of people there. Uh, uh, insect people. Like, if you can kind of see what they look like. Yeah, yeah. Like six arms. Two they sets of wings. Pray to the gods of birds. Okay, but uh, this is a story about <laughs> a girl. Off. She is a a mako, which is going to be a geisha. If you know what a geisha is, oh yeah, mm, I've heard the name. They're pretty much. I had to look it up just to make sure because I wasn't sure if it was like a, a prostitute type thing. But it's pretty much a hostess with the mostest. That's they show <laughs> their the, sort of like entertain, recite poetry. Play yeah, history. the name is like oh. the it's master like you hire of them art because or like they're that. beautiful and talented. Yeah, really. But you don't engage physically with them. Yep. If you've ever, <laughs> <laughs> you know. But uh, she's yeah, Mako. She's aspiring to be a geisha, but she is like the most popular. After three years, like she's more popular than most geishas that are around right now, just because she's so good. And something's going on with her that usually when something she's about to perform, all of a sudden she gets a flash of these weird visions of it's really hard to tell what it is. Like she's getting attacked or attacking people and there's blood getting thrown all over the place. But then she wakes up and she's all discombobulated and she gets in trouble with her madam, I guess she is, and gets caned a pretty good a few times. Oh, wow. (laughs) But it's, I don't think it's been around. There's only 70, 70 pages, so it's about two comics long. It doesn't get into the story much more than where I've been, but it looks like it might go somewhere pretty neat. Cool. Blade Especially with the Mask, name. you said? Blade Under Mask, yeah. Blade Under Mask. BladeUndermask.com. That sounds awesome. That was cool. my nickname in high school, actually. 
wait under <laughs> man. When will I quit? All the names you've had in high school, man. <laughs> I hope somebody's keeping track out there because I should have been. Not. I'd have one hell of a uh, list <laughs> if I had been. Very cool. Another successful comic dump bin. All right, and with that behind us, let's just turn our full attention over to Rebecca Mayer and talk about some of the comics she has on her website, rebeccascomics.com. Thanks for being with us, Rebecca. Yeah, thanks for having me. And uh, I want to thank you also for sending a comic along to us, along with a few extra goodies in there. That was really uh, kind of you. Thank you. Oh, you are welcome. So go ahead and tell our listeners all about... uh, Well, I guess, are we talking more so about the comic you sent me, or just is the comic more of a representation of just what your website holds? Um, it's kind of both. (laughs) I have a lot of stories, so I work on a lot of different things. I mean, I did the anthology for Comic-Con to kind of, like you said, give people the taste of the different, because obviously there are three different things in there, and they're all very different. So it's just kind of the taste of what I am trying to do, which is pretty much tell a bunch of different stories and in a bunch of different styles. And yeah. So, I mean, we can talk about each one individually quickly if you want. Or yeah, if absolutely. One you like more than the other, then. Well, the one that's really reaching out to me was uh, Ham of God. I, I really <laughs> wish I hadn't burned my nickname in high school joke already. <laughs> Go ahead. You've got you've got enough of them already. Ham of God was my nickname in high school. <laughs> there we are. You feel better? A little bit. <laughs> I mean, when you when you flip to it, when you open it, you see a pig there, you know? So you don't want to, you don't start to take it too seriously, but at the same time, it has heavy tones right. to it. Oh, so, yeah. yeah. So you, you're kind of left in the middle there so we'll tell the listeners about ham of god and then uh tell us what your inspiration was there okay well ham of god is about a pig named ham and he works at um god headquarters <laughs> and he is a top high level exec and he's been working his ass off for years and years and years and years and then whenever finally a, com- a promotion comes up of who's going to be charged of in charge of Earth, um, God nominates or uh, promotes Lamb instead of Ham, and so it's this whole feud of pretty much. I think yeah, because the first issue is only five pages. I'm kind of doing it in short uh, spouts as it comes to me because I know the the whole idea of the story, but I'm not sure how I want to tell it. Um, but so pretty much the first. The first issue is just him finding out that he got looked over for the promotion and he storms out. He tells off God and he uh, uh, leaves looking like a badass. He puts on a pair of sunglasses and he starts a fire in the trash and he is like, (laughs) fuck fuck this place. I'm going to do something with my life. And that's that's where the first short leads you. But yeah. I had uh, to, tragically burned to death that same day. <laughs> I had to laugh at that that scene right there when he does storm out, because God's just kind of hanging out the door and be like, "Come on, don't end things like this. Come on, <laughs> like, damn baby, I'm sorry." And he, his sleeves are cut off of his outfit too. God uh, here, yeah, God awesome. super jacked in this interpretation. <laughs> so, where did the inspiration for this come from? Well, so 
to be completely honest, like, so I've always drawn pretty much my whole life. And growing up, I always wanted to have a cartoon, which makes sense considering the topics we were talking about earlier. Right. Like having a cartoon was like, would have been like the ultimate job for me. And so as I've gotten older, you know, I've fallen in love with a lot of adult cartoons, specifically now, Rick and Morty. Oh, yeah. Um, You're in good company. And I love that it's ridiculous and it's obnoxious but at the same time it hits like these tones that you can relate to like you can relate to these characters who are just you know like they yeah they do ridiculous space stuff and there are butts everywhere and there are these crazy aliens and um but it's but at the same time there are serious issues and the the characters go deeper than just these shallow funny characters like they're funny characters but they are yeah Especially so, that last episode. I mean, that oh, was hard. Yeah, yeah, right the there. psychological profile of Rick is such yeah. a roller coaster. Yeah. Like over the last, <laughs> and you're just sitting there staring at the screen, yeah. like, like, no, no, yeah. But as for the actual inspiration of Ham of God, um, it came about one night. Me and my friends were sitting outside drinking, and um, I grew up in church, so I know a lot about the Bible, although I'm not particularly religious of any sorts, but I, I know a lot about the Bible. And so I we were talking about God or something like something like that. And um, we were sitting there afterwards and uh, my boyfriend actually goes, um, he's like, man, you sure know a lot about the Lamb of God. And I just look at him and I go, what about the ham of God? And then I literally, <laughs> so then we fell asleep and I woke up at four in the morning and I started drawing it. Like I was like, that, that is the, that's the idea I've been looking for for a long time. And so, yeah, then this whole character developed. Um, yeah. So that's pretty much how it, how it happened. I love hearing the stories of where ideas come the, from because uh, each one is so different and so unique. I love it. I love it. Perfect. Well, another one that uh, you're working on here, and I, if I'm not mistaken, it's one of your more recent, is uh, Wall. Yes, that's an interesting one because I actually wrote that as a screenplay, like oh wow, four, like four years ago, and it was um, just a time when I it was kind of being submerged in horror. I got back into, like I said, the horror scene around Kansas City. I'm saying horror, so everybody, just to clarify. <laughs> and, <laughs> oh, Kansas City horror scene? I mean, we've all been there. Oh, we all know we love Kansas City horrors. That was but, my uh, nickname. <laughs> so, yeah, and I had this idea of um, just something because... My walls in my house, uh, and I still live in the same house, but there will always be like this, like this noise, the scratching on the side of the walls. And we found out it's because, well, there were squirrels living in our wall, <laughs> but, and it kind of just sprung from that idea. And then it, uh, I have the entire thing written, but as you see, and I think there are only like 10 or 12 pages of it done. So in the end, like, it's probably going to be, um, I don't know. I, I imagined it going like six issues long, but it's kind of hard to judge that from just taking it from screenplay to comic book. So, yeah, that's where that one came from. 
Well, it's very cool. And you, you can definitely see uh, your progression like into comics, I guess, like through all three of these stories. You can definitely see yourself, like your style getting, I guess, tighter. Yeah. Would be the word I'm looking for. But sure. uh, one A little thing, more focused for yeah, the medium. Yeah, exactly. But one thing that separates this comic from the others is it looks like it was painted. Did you, in fact, paint all these panels? Uh, I mean, yeah, digitally, yes. But yes, I, I did. I, I did. I did paint it, technically. But yeah, um, that's uh, that's kind of the style that I chose. I don't really uh, have a particular style, which I know in the comic book world isn't the greatest thing. But <laughs> because, <laughs> but for different things, I like to you know I like to explore my range and like seeing the kind of different ridiculous things I can do. So sure. But yeah, so that's that's that one, and it is painted, but it's digital, so. Yeah. I do like the sort of overt brush stroke. It almost mm-hmm. reminds me of like rotoscoping. And I think that uh, that style also lends to it. And like, for instance, the asp- there's a scene where she's uh, hears a noise and she looks in a bedroom with the light on. And as she's walking away and flips the light off, like, I, I, you know, you've seen it maybe in like a trailer before, like when the light sure. immediately goes off, you see a figure standing there yeah. or something. Oh, it just kind of looks, it looks pretty darn right. creepy right there. It looks awesome. Well, I, I think that style's good for, like, altered states of perception. You know, it seems yeah. like this is getting into her head. Like, have you ever seen that movie, uh, Robert Downey Jr., A Scanner Darkly? It was all rotoscoped. Uh, it was, like, yeah. weirdly digitally no. altered. Huh. It was sort of, yeah, 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 to give the vibe of being under the influence of this substance. I, I just think it, it lends itself well to the subject. It was Robert Downey Jr. Or yeah, he no, was, was in Keanu it and Keanu Reeves. Oh, oh, he was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, was, he just he didn't Winona. have a beard or anything. Keanu yeah, Reeves. That's probably why I didn't see him. <laughs> you know what? I'm going to remain the Keanu Reeves apologist in this trio. <sighs> I'm down with Reeves. You can't... Why? You can't. He... I, uh, this is. We, we could have a, a whole. We could have a whole episode. That's just this. <laughs> next week's retro round. Yeah, that next Keanu week's retro. Keanu Reeves. That's what we're doing. Four you and are against. Going down. Now, this is the debate. <laughs> Screw the presidential debates. This is serious. This is where it happens. I like this. I like yeah, this. This is happening. Very cool. So again, uh, like I asked you earlier, you know, the book that you sent is like a bit of a sampler from uh, your website. So each of these stories will then get its own book or is it going to stay in this format? Uh, It just kind of depends. Um, Right now, everything's kind of on pause because I'm doing a book for a local band called The Architects. And it's uh, they have two of the five graphic novels already published so it's it's called border wars so that's what i'm working on now so my stories are kind of sitting on the back burner until i get this done but yeah but um eventually i definitely want um wall to stand alone and which is the horror right and I've thought about transitioning Ham of God into more like a webcomic or, but I like the depth of it. Like I like it, uh, not that webcomics can't be. So I don't know. I, I haven't fully decided where I'm going with that. I've drawn almost the entire other one, but I just haven't figured out how I'm going to get it out to people yet. But uh, yeah. Gotcha. <laughs> It'll definitely be on my website, though. <laughs> now, speaking of your website, you have a, a store on there, too. There's some pretty cool stuff on there. Uh, a couple things in particular. It was like a pin and a T-shirt of like a, what was it? Like, claw. A, hand, like a claw hand. hand. That claw. thing looked pretty cool. Yeah, well, tell us about that. 
thanks. That's actually, um, I was, well, I'm working on my, I was just practicing drawing and I looked up monster hands because I wanted to, yeah, improve my hands because that's one of the hardest things to draw. And so I, that's actually, do you guys, uh, Coraline? Did you guys read or uh, yeah, yeah. see I've Coraline? Seen it. I'm yeah. more familiar no. with the movie than the yeah. So that's actually in a, a, a very rough version. The illustration in the book is a lot cooler, but um, mine's more of a comic-y take on it rather than a, um, I don't know. If you Google Coraline Hand, you'll see that there's definitely a resemblance. But yeah, so it was just kind of inspired by that, and I posted it, and a lot of people liked it. So I was like, okay, well, I mean, I can put it on some T-shirts if you guys want it. And they're like, sure. So it's kind of my take on the Coraline hand, and yeah, so that's where that came from. Well, that was really cool. That was really awesome. Uh, we're going to have to pick your brain where you get your merch after <laughs> the show, probably. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, so uh, with 2017 upon us, do you have any con appearances coming up you'd like to announce? Um, honestly, no. I mean, I have Panic Fest coming up in two weeks, but that's a horror film fest. But they have booths there. Um, but that's in Kansas City. Uh, and then everything else this year, not I actually don't have anything planned out yet. I'm assuming I'll do Kansas City Comic Con again because they've always been really good to me. So, um. You can definitely follow me on Twitter at Rebecca the Buzz. I'm definitely good about keeping people updated through Twitter and my website. So, well, there you yeah. go. Very nice. Yeah. And you're also on Instagram uh, at Rebecca's Comics, right? Oh yeah, yeah. Forgot about that. Rebecca's Comics. Yeah, on Instagram, I try to post there pretty regularly. Whether it's pictures of my dog wearing Harry Potter glasses or actually things that I'm drawing. So yeah. Very cool. Well, yeah. Rebecca, this has been a lot of fun. We hope you've had fun. And uh, just thanks for being with us today. Oh, uh, yeah. Thank you for having me. Jack, what do we got on the website? If you go to candarepodcast.com, you can see show highlights, guest info, listen to the show, follow us on all our social media, visit the Hall of Heroes, see the Wall of Justice, check out some of our videos from the YouTube page. And if you want to be a guest and promote your work, send us an email on our contacts page. And be sure to check us out on all our social media sites, Twitter at CandarePod and Instagram at Canned underscore Air. I make lots of jokes. Some of them don't work so well. I think they're all very special. And I, think, I think they're funny, too. Thank you. <laughs> Even if you're just amusing the two of us, you've yeah. done a good job. Perfect. That's all I want, guys. <laughs> I just want to make my friends happy. Well, you are. You are very much so. And, uh, yeah, don't forget to look at us on uh, YouTube there. we got a lot of cool stuff happening there. We haven't Damn put right anything new up for a while, but I think there's uh, enough to keep you there's, yeah, until there's we get something We got that great there. snuff film in the works. I yes. mean, it's not a snuff film. It's, ah, shit. Candare's face. Can we cut death, this in right? post? <laughs> <laughs> uh, what else we got? Uh, a project. Should we announce the project we've Let's got do coming it. down down the pipe here? I'm excited about it. Yeah, we've well. been uh, we've been playing verses on a few of our past episodes, which is where we have a a chart laid out where we roll dice onto it. This chart is full of fictional characters, heroes and villains alike from across comics, TV, movies, uh, video, video games, video games, yeah, everything, everything, anywhere you Folklore. can think of. Yeah, whatever two characters the dice land on. 
we sit here and have a discussion. Who would win if they were to battle? So we're actually going to make a whole tournament <laughs> with cool sound effects and all kinds of stuff that we're going to probably have for sale on Bandcamp. The Candare Fantasy Fighting Championship. There it is. I like that. I like that. And it'll be super cheap, so come on. Yeah. yeah. Come on. I mean... Come on. <laughs> like, seriously. I don't know what else to say. Come on. Come on. <laughs> but, yeah, we'll uh, fill you in uh, with more details once we get closer to that release. And, uh, yeah, we haven't even really we haven't even recorded it yet. No. So. <laughs> we gotta, like, it's coming. It could end up being crap, and you may not even hear another word of it. So, anyway. Uh, and stick around here at the end of the episode uh, with, with Jake's interview. Oh, yeah, with, uh, our interview with Annie Erskine. Yes. Check out her webcomic, Variants. That's the plural of variant, not variants like the concept of variability. Mm, like a difference. Yeah. yeah. There you go. <laughs> All right. Well, I think that's going to do it for this week. So until next time, I am Jeremy Colley. I'm Jack Doherty. I'm Jake Runyon. I'm Rebecca Mayer. Thanks for listening, everyone.
And so, like, when I talk about the story and the comic universe to uh, women and teenagers and just, like, young the millennials, basically, they get really excited about that. And they all say, like, that's what we want, you know, because people like the familiar kind of, like, mad scientists or, like, armies gone rogue superhero stories that they grew up with, but they just don't like the lack of characters that they can connect to. It's always, like, 50 white men and then, like, one woman in a bikini. Right. And it's just like, can we do something different Sort here? of a minor player in the lines. Yeah, and, but then just have, like, the familiar stories, which is just a really fun thing, in my opinion, is having that. That's fantastic. <laughs> Sounds like an excellent message, something a lot of people can get behind. For sure, definitely. This medium that they love that doesn't necessarily speak to them can. Right. It just needs more people spreading the word. That's fantastic. Uh, how long have you been working on variants? Uh, I started on working on the first script summary and just kind of the, the world building um, around 2014. And so I finally got the first 30 pages finished, and I've been posting uh, one page a week. And there's 131 pages to the graphic novel total. So uh, I finally got those finished like a month and a half ago, maybe was like, okay, now I can finally launch the webcomic. And my goal was actually to get the, the pages, which there's pencils for them down there, but um, I wanted to get the first 30 pages done for this convention, so then I could finally like come out and be like, yeah, you can go read it now <laughs> at this convention. That's wonderful. Um, do you see yourself finishing up this project and moving on to something new for a while, or is this something you definitely want to focus on for a long time? It's something I want to focus on. Um, uh, my day job is I work from home as a freelance illustrator and designer for Cartoon Network. That's fantastic. And so in between um, my Cartoon Network projects, I work on this. And so sometimes there's a lot of downtime in between the, the projects I get there. And uh, it gives me enough time to do pages and whatever I want. But once we finish this first graphic novel, uh, we're going to move on to the next set in the series, which is going to like form the team just have that core set of teams. So the first one only has like three of the actual members of the team and then the second one, which we haven't outlined yet, but it will have uh, all seven members of the team. That's incredible. Uh, where can people go to find your work? Where are you most active? If you go to ioniccomics.com, it has all the information, like our social media, and it has our web comments on Tapastic and Comic Theory. Awesome. Yep. Well, thank you so much. No problem. I really appreciate it. I can't wait to check out more of your work, and we'll spread it as far and wide as we can. Thank you so much. Not a problem. I, do. I love what you're working on here, thank and I, you. I can't wait to share it. Awesome. Thank you. <laughs> is on fire. I need to get help. Do it from outside. Blowtorch! Whenever there's a fire in your house, be sure to get outside immediately. And once outside, get on CandarePodcast.com. Well, thanks for the tip, Blowtorch, but just one question. What about the fire? And no one is half the battle. G.I. Uh, there's another character by the name of Fort Floor. How do you say it? Floor? Now I see her. I'm just like, ah. uh, I forget the third character. Can we cut that out so we can just stop? <laughs> with the, I don't want to sound like a dumbass. Don't you know that you're a grown up?
I'm a grown-up. Me too. Yep, me too. But you know, these days, being a grown-up can really suck. Luckily, we're grown-ups who grew up in the coolest generation. We had video arcades. And also some of the best TV and movies ever made. We lived the origin of awesome consumer electronics. The list goes on and on. Yep, Generation X. Exactly. And we're Gen X Grown-Up. Every week, the Gen X Grown-Up podcast explores media, tech, toys, games, and more from both yesterday and today. Through the eyes of Generation Xers who absolutely love that stuff. You can find us on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Or find us on our website, genxgrownup.com. Alright, you think that was good enough? I I hope so, man. I'm tired. (laughs) (laughs) Who listens to a promo on a podcast and then goes and listens to a different podcast? I've never done it. (laughs) (laughs) Right.